Well, hello there, friends. Here's what's coming up on NSN Daily. As the high school year winds down, dozens of local athletes signing this week to continue their careers in college. We're going to hear from a handful going D1. I'm going to keep the trophy for a little while. I'm not going to lie. It's going to hang out in my backyard. And how about those Panthers? After 22 years of existence, North Valley's high school has a team state championship. The triumphant softball squad is in the house. It's also grade day. Chris Murray has his report card for Nevada softball after the Wolfpack won 30 games for the first time in six years. They're children. They want to go to a show. They want to see a movie. And Giants great Mike Kruko calls in as the Reno resident, former pitcher, and longtime broadcaster chats with our Shannon Kelly ahead of a big local fundraiser. All that and so much more right now on NSN Day. Hey there, from our champion Chevrolet studio, he's Chris Murray, I'm Mike Stephenson, and y'all know what this is, it is NSN Daily. Chris, we thought the high school sports season ended on Saturday, but apparently it's now signing season. <laughs> yeah, we were trying to figure out why is everybody <laughs> signing this week, but maybe the end of spring sports, so there's been signing days across the region, and a ton, dozens and dozens and dozens of athletes heading to the next level. And more to come later this week, and also next week, yes, lots of pens being put to paper this week all over the region with a bunch of local athletes set to keep playing in college, including a handful at the Division I level. For a recap of all those signings on Wednesday, here is Nevada Sportsnet's Shannon Kelly. More than 50 student athletes from across northern Nevada put pen to paper on Wednesday to play college sports at the next level, including 19 athletes from Reno High School. Six of them will play at Division I schools, including two Power 5 programs. Addison Crane will swim at the University of Iowa, and Tannis Jackin will play softball at Boston College. Volleyball star Amber Keene will play at San Diego State, while baseball player Jack Hemholz and runner Talia Arate will compete for their hometown team, the University of Nevada. When I went on my visit, I just had a really positive experience there. The team was super welcoming, and obviously it's being, being a Big Ten school, all the facilities and the coaching are really superior, so I'm very excited. Boston College just was the perfect fit for me athletically and academically. I always wanted to go to a high academic school, so I thought that was really great to be able to do that at Boston. I started playing when I was four years old, so I've always wanted to play in college once I knew that was even a possibility. Being down there felt like home um, on my visit. It was a crazy process for me recruiting-wise. Um, um, but it definitely like couldn't have asked for more with them. They provided a bunch of resources they said they could do use for my knee. Like I was really happy with their um, how they handled my knee injuries. Coach Savage, I mean, I really can't thank him enough. He put this all together. He without him I wouldn't be able to do this. So I just want to thank him just for everything he's done. Meanwhile, at Sparks, the Railroaders had a few athletes put pen to paper, including softball player Alyssa Camargo. At McQueen, lacrosse star Matthew Miller signed with Grand Canyon University and football star Jaden Lacrone is staying home to play for Ken Wilson at Nevada. Also staying home is baseball player Jacob Doyle of Spanish Springs. He's one of a few locals who will join Jake McKinley's roster next season. You can find the full list of athletes who signed on Wednesday over on NevadaSportsNet.com. At Reno High, Shannon Kelly, Nevada Sportsnet. 
Shannon, thank you. Again, shout out to the Huskies for sending a bunch of athletes to the D1 level and in various sports too. Reno gets its own graphic. Congrats <laughs> to all of them once again. Side note, Emily Beanfelt is going to cheer for Nevada, which will give her a little honorable mention there. She's on the list. She no, makes we love the to list. See yeah, she we makes the cut. It. But yeah, that is a lot of Division I athletes from one class, from one school in Northern Nevada. So Reno should be exceptionally proud. And it is harder than ever to get scholarships at the Division I level. And I think you have to focus even more than ever on your individual sport at a younger period in your life. It yep. used to be you could play all three sports and coaches will come and find you. That's no longer the case. You basically have to play year-round in a lot of these sports if you're going to get that notice. So that is a great haul for Reno High, as Shannon mentioned. We have all of the listings, Division II, Division III, NAIA, Junior College on our website. When yep. you add them all up, almost 70 student athletes from our region signing this week. That's incredible. And yeah, more continuing the rest of the week. We will continue to cover that as we now look elsewhere at other locals going D1. A few were mentioned within that piece. Again, there are a few signing today at Damani Ranch as well as over at Galena. How about Emily Cutler going to play D1 lacrosse? Just had that golden yep. goal win in the state lacrosse championship for the Grizzlies. Uh, not listed from a signing last week, you have Bishop Minogue's Mason Navarro, who's going to play volleyball at Eastern Illinois. Uh, it goes without saying, this is one of the better years when you talk about D1 products out of Northern Nevada. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how Jaden Legrone does. Obviously a state champion in track and field just last week, so he's going to walk on to the Nevada football team. Obviously his father was a very good linebacker for the Wolfpack. And then Jacob Doyle from Spanish Springs. Nevada baseball, this is a kid who can really hit the ball, could potentially even be selected in this year's MLB draft. So I do think you see Wolfpack baseball getting more and more local players with Jake McKinley. Uh, they've got a kid from Fern they got a kid from South Tahoe, uh, Reno. You're looking all over the region now, and they're really digging. And then uh, Avery Cordell, the slugger from Damani Ranch, going to be playing for Linda Garza's Nevada softball team. So always good when they go D1, even better when they stay at home and get a chance to play for the Wolfpack. We will hear from Avery on tomorrow's edition of NSN Daily. They also have a little bit from Truckee as the Wolverines had a signing today as well. As for what's next on Daily, the latest list from Chris, ranking the Mountain West's football head coaching gigs. Who takes the top spot and where does the Wolfpack fall? We have those answers coming up next on NSN Daily. Welcome back to NSN Daily. If you head over to NevadaSportsNet.com, you're going to see Chris's full breakdown ranking the head football jobs within the Mountain West Conference. Chris, your inspiration for this. Yeah, I did it with men's basketball a couple of months ago, and it seemed to be very popular. So I figure with football season approaching, let's kind of look at a number of things, the budget, the fan right. support, the facilities, um, the coaching salaries, the recent history of winning on the field, and rank the best job in the Mountain West to the worst job in the Mountain West if you're a football coach. A lot goes into it, and again, the full piece online, but let's give you the TV version right now starting at number 12 with a team of wolves that would be the lobos from new mexico so i'll give you pros and cons for all these jobs the pro for new mexico they actually have seven bowls since 2000 which is a fairly high amount given the relative lack of success. I would say the con, the last time they won a conference championship in football, 1964, oh. five years later, man first walked on the moon. So it has been a while, <laughs> and when you don't have that history of championship success, it is hard to say that you have a good job. Okay, number 11, former PAC assistant Timmy Chang has this job over at Hawaii. Yeah, I think water. the pros are the location and the fan support. I mean, the fans of Hawaii, the entire island really does rally behind Rainbow Warrior football. So I think that's the pro. The con, the facilities are not good. Uh, they're playing on campus now, but it's not a Division I 
not even an FCS stadium. So they are supposed to get a new stadium in 2027, which really upgrade the job. Timmy Chang also making $500,000 a year. That's almost half the amount of the second lowest paid head coach wow. in the Mountain West. So budget's not great, facility's not great, and coaching salary not great. Okay, from Oahu to Laramie. <laughs> Number 10, the University of Wyoming. They have some things going for them, but also some things going against them. Yeah, I mean, eight bowl berths in, uh, since 2000, so that's a pretty high figure. That's one of the pros. You can win there. I think the cons, um, you just look at that location. You say going from uh, a Hawaii to Laramie, very hard to recruit there, very hard to keep your student athletes. You've seen a lot of transfers, and I think that limits the kind of ceiling you can have if you take that Wyoming job. I covered a game there once, and there was like three lightning delays at halftime. Halftime ended up being like 90 minutes, <laughs> so you never know what you're going to get up there in Wyoming. At number nine, here comes the silver and blue. Nevada comes in at number nine. Why, Chris? Uh, I think the pros are, there is a lot of success with this program from a win-loss perspective. 14 bowls since 2000. Uh, you know, they're one of five Mountain West schools since 2000 have a winning record overall. Now, a lot of that success under Chris Alt, you look at the cons, the facilities are majorly problematic, just in terms of not having an indoor practice facility. The budget is not huge. So I think that's the biggest thing, is I think you can win at Nevada because we've been able to see a number of coaches at least get to the bowl level. But can you build a championship caliber team without the kind of facilities everybody else in the Mountain West has? That's the biggest question mark. Facilities has been a long-standing storyline on campus. A spot above the Wolfpack, San Jose State, you got some explaining to do on this one. Yeah, I mean, I think you could move San Jose State to <laughs> 9 and Nevada to 8 if you wanted to, but San Jose State's had some really nice spike years. They've been ranked uh, twice in the past decade. They've won a Mountain West Championship recently, and I think the location is good. You're talking about being able to recruit in the Bay Area where there's a lot of talent. Now, I think that can also be a bit of a downside because when you look at, okay, in the pecking order of schools in the Bay Area, they're clearly third behind Cal and Stanford, so that is a little bit problematic. And generally speaking, the fan support is very, very poor for San Jose State in the football program, so that's something that you have to battle. It's just getting people enthusiastic about your program. That's true. Okay, number seven, we head to Logan for the Aggies of Utah State. I would say the biggest pro is their recent success. 10 bowl appearances in the last 12 years. They won the wow. 2021 Mountain West Championship. They've been ranked three times in the last decade. I would say the downside, uh, again, number three in that region. You've got BYU, who's now going to be in the Big 12. you got Utah, which is going to be in the Pac-12. And now you're kind of the third in the pecking order in terms of getting recruits in the Beehive State. So there's been some success there, but they'll never be the top school in the state. And I think that's difficult, whereas you look at like Wyoming or Nevada, you can say you're the top Division I program in your state. With that said, for number six, we go down south and UNLV. It's a good gig, not a lot of wins recently. Though. And that's the cons. We could start with the cons. Like, they never win games. That's kind of problematic. <laughs> it 83 is. and 189 since 2000, 50 and wow. 126 in conference, only two bull berths since the year 2000. So ne nobody's been able to crack that nut and figure out and get UNLV to that ceiling. Now I will say the infrastructure is much better. They're playing in an NFL stadium, which is pretty close to campus. You look at the new football facility that they recently built in the last couple of years, that's a very big plus. The recruiting terrain, Las Vegas is a great place to recruit, and they have the highest head coaching salary in the Mountain West, $1.75 million Barry Odom will make this year. Wow. So I think a lot of coaches will look at this job and say, I'm the one who can figure it out, but nobody's been able to figure it out yet. Yeah, Marcus Arroyo certainly could. And yeah, it's it's a little bit uh, confusing that they're not as, su they're as successful considering what they have going for them. But you know what? I think fans up here are just fine with it. <laughs> they do have the cannon, so that's that. All right, the fifth best, I should say the yeah, fifth best football job in the Mountain West Conference. 
to Colorado Springs we go in the Air Force Academy? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly pros and cons to this one. The cons would be you kind of have to run the triple option. There's academic yeah. and physical requirements you have to deal with. But the pros are they've had two head coaches in the last 39 years, Fisher DeBerry, Detroit Calhoun. So you're going to have a lot of community support. You're going to have the backing of your school. And they have had a lot of success on the field. 24 bowls between Fisher DeBerry and Troy Calhoun in their 39 years. In the last seven years, they've won at least 10 games five times. So there can be a high level of success at Air Force, but you got to be able to fit into that template of running the triple option offense. Yeah, it's a heck of an offense to defend. That is for dang sure. Nevada has learned that the hard way recently. All right, the fourth best gig is held by the only coach to bounce from one Mountain West school to another. Jay Norvell and Colorado State. They're going to pay you a $31 million football budget for Colorado State last year. That is more than twice as much as any other Mountain West school. Now, some of that is coaching buyout money, which is never a great way to spend uh, money. But they have a brand new uh, stadium, a 41,000 uh, people capacity canvas stadium. They've got an indoor facility. They pay their coaches super, super well, not just the head coach, but also the assistant coaches. So a lot of great infrastructure things. On the downside, they have not won a lot of games, 124 and 153 since 2000. They're also about 20 games below 500 in conference play. Their last championship at the conference level, 2002. Man. So everything is in place to have success, and they fund it like it should be successful, but they haven't had a lot of that in recent years. We'll see what Coach Norville can do in year two. Looking at these highlights from last year's game, frustrating because that yes. was a tough loss for the Silver and Blue. All right, top three, starting with San Diego State. Of course, America's finest city sort of recruits itself. Aztecs at three. Yeah, I mean, a great place to live for sure. A brand new stadium, Snapdragon Stadium opened last year, so everybody's got to love that. Recent success as well. They've made a bowl every year since 2010, except for the 2020 COVID year. They've won three Mountain West championships since 2010 as well. I'd say the con is you don't get a lot of fan support. This is not Aztecs men's basketball. Yeah. Um, so I think that's something you got to fight is getting fans in the building, but it, there's a lot to like about this job. All right, top two. Here we go, starting in the Valley as we go to Fresno State. Yeah, 171 wins since 2000. That's the second most in this conference. 16 bowl berths, uh, a few different uh, championships, including last year's Mountain West title, and very good fan support. In the San Joaquin Valley, they love their Bulldogs football. I would say the facilities, though, are so-so. So that's probably the biggest con, is they don't have the most modern facilities, and I think Bulldog Stadium really needs a facelift. For sure. All right, Chris's best Mountain West football head coaching job. It's got to be Boise State. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you look at since 2000, they're 241 and 54, 157 and 20 in conference games, which means on average they have lost less than one conference game per year over the last 23 seasons. Uh, 13 championships since 2000. The rest of the Mountain West combined, only 16 championships, 22 bowl appearances. They've got great fans. They've got great facilities. They've got a national brand as well. The only con for me is the expectations are so high. If you don't win 10 plus games in a Mountain West championship and maybe get into a New Year's Six Bowl, the fans are not going to think it's a good season. So there's a lot of pressure, but there's a lot of pressure because there's so much good that comes with the job. That's the thing, sustained success on that blue turf for Boise State. The top job, according to Chris Murray. I don't think many would argue there. Again, you can read Chris's full piece at NevadaSportsNet.com. There he also links that basketball version we mentioned, if you missed that, in March. As for next on NSN Daily, we've got the North Valley's Panthers softball team in the house. Proud NBHS alum right here. They came by yesterday afternoon with their new shiny 3A state softball trophy. We're going to talk with the Panthers next, and then after that, Shannon Kelly joins the show. She connects with Giants legend Mike Kruko. A couple great interviews heading your way right now on NSN Day.
Welcome back to NSN Daily, friends. We are thrilled to have some special guests in the house. Head coach Eric McCuskey, this is Stacy, and this is Carly, and this is the 3A State Championship Trophy. Oh, by the way, over here we got the whole North Valley's Panthers softball team. This might be history on NSN as our biggest interview yet, but it is certainly worthy as North Valley's for the first time in school history, Coach McCuskey has won a team state championship. You did it in softball. How the heck did you do it? Them. Yep. It's all them. Uh, got a good group of girls, and they know the game. They really know the game. They know the game well. They execute. They did what they needed to do, and they pulled it off. That's all them. Did you come into this year, and you guys were really strong last year, too. Did you come into this year thinking there's a chance we can win a state championship? Are you, are you that kind of motivator, or are you just like, let's just play ball? Um, we had private conversations away from the girls saying, if any team's going to do it, this is the team. Uh, but with them... They just got to play their game. They got to stay loose. I did tell them, if you play your game, no one can beat you. There's not a team out here who can beat you. And technically the only team to beat you all year is the team you faced in the Northern Championship and in the State Championship. We're seeing highlights of that regional win over Lowry Stacy. They had beaten you guys during the regular season. What did it take to get over them in the postseason? Um, it, I feel like it didn't take much. We just kind of, we all sat together. We all sat in a circle and held hands and told like personal goals, team goals, and just kind of bonded as a team going into the game, so we had a lot more confidence playing them the third time than we did playing them the first time. I gotcha. Carly, what does it mean to see this trophy and know you guys earned this? And I can imagine you guys are the queens on campus right now. Um, it feels, I don't, it feels like great. Like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like amazing just knowing that we are the first ever state champions. I can imagine it's still setting in. Yeah. Take us back to campus, Coach McCuskey, as you guys returned with this hardware. Um, <clears throat> the community really jumped on board, and there was talk of trying to meet our bus, and it was a long trip home. Thank God they didn't show up. <laughs> yeah, you guys got stopped with an accident, I remember. Yeah, and so we spent a lot of time sitting on the highway in the middle of Nevada. Um, when we got back on Monday, the school had organized a rally for the state champions and our, our track athletes that had competed and medaled while they were down there, um, the softball team, the swimmers, and they let the softball team lead it all. And uh, we went through the halls of North Valleys and honestly, I didn't expect much, but the kids really showed up in force in the halls. It was loud. Mm -hmm. It was rowdy. Um, it was a lot of fun. And the number of teachers congratulating everybody has just been fantastic. Oh, love to hear it. Stacy. what is it like being a student as a part of this team? And I mean, you guys are a historic bunch that will be talked about for years at North Valleys. It's probably hard to think about that now as you're less than a week out of this thing, but you guys went and accomplished something pretty special. How does that resonate with you? It feels good. It feels like, like we all went into state and into regionals with a goal and it feels great to just actually achieve the goal and know like coming back to school knowing that people know what we did. Cause I feel like softball always, it gets overlooked sometimes at schools, but now it's like we just brought home a state championship, so everybody's like on to softball now. Okay, yeah, yeah, they figured it out if they yeah. had, if they didn't know already. Carly, I heard that Coach McCuskey's one of his mottos is "suck less." <laughs> <laughs> what can you tell me about "suck Circle less"? Of trust. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's just it's fun, and it's like it's funny when he says it because it's not like in a mean way. It's just if you mess mm -hmm. up he's just screaming it and it's something the whole team says i love that yeah okay speaking of the whole team once again they are over here in our nevada sportsnet studio celebrating their state championship you guys can make a little bit of noise no microphone on you guys but that's all right come on come on oh this is a historic moment uh oh, <laughs> oh no. 
Yep, there's one of the there's one of the chants throughout the year as you guys got to stay at the Holiday Inn. Yeah, we did. Here's the bit Express, though. <laughs> I was lucky to be one of your students, Mr. McCuskey, for better or for worse. I took, I took AP chemistry, which maybe was a mistake, but I certainly appreciated our time together. You have been at North Valley since the school opened. I know that this yeah. is a very special moment. Just the humble beginnings of the Panthers and to get to this moment now, how do you feel? Really cool. Really, really cool. Um, 22 years. It seemed like we were the only high school that didn't have some sort of state title. <laughs> right. Uh, and so to finally crack the seal and, and, and get it done, it's awesome. It's really, really awesome. Like. I'm going to keep the trophy for a little while. I'm not going to lie. It's going to hang out in my backyard. Um, <laughs> As it should. But uh, it'll go in that trophy case, and it's going to be the only one of its kind. And that's, uh, that's really cool. What was your motivation? You weren't – I don't remember you coaching when I was in school. What was your motivation for getting involved? I know your daughter was on the team at one point. Um, but I, having knowing you, I know that you're not every year gung-ho about winning a state championship. You're probably more about improving these ladies' lives. But just what was your motivation to coach, and what do you want these girls to get out of playing for you? I got conned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I started eight years ago as an assistant coach because they had replaced our head coach. Um, our previous head coach had moved to Montana, and the new head coach had no one to help her, uh, and it was like a week from season starting. And my daughters had played for years in the tournament circuit, and so I got roped into being the assistant, which was fine. Um, that coach then retired and, and moved on, and Peraldo talked me into picking up the mantle and going with it, and I reached out to my friend over there, Stacy, and, and I'm like, all right, let's do this. And we kind of counter each other really well. I'm kind of the keep them loose and kind of goofy, and he's the <clears throat> Got to be a little serious now, and <laughs> it's not. it wasn't an approach of trying to win a state title. It was an approach of trying to make the game fun for these girls. It's, it's hard. These girls play year-round. They get a little burned out, mm -hmm. and so with high school, you really got to kind of keep it fun for them because I don't want them to lose the game. It's a game my daughters love, and so that was kind of our approach all year was let them have fun with it. Um, the whole suck less is great players are going to strike out five out of ten times or get out five out of ten yeah. times. So it's a matter of just doing a little less, and you'll win. Um, and the girls really embraced it. Uh, there's, I've received gifts with that on it. Um, and they just make less mistakes, and you can win. And, and they've taken that approach, and they've really run with it. And I'll tell you, they are, they are rock stars. How cool. Stacy, one of those rock stars. And you guys had to get through a team in Virgin Valley that was 37-0 and entering your semifinal battle with them. Was there a mental hurdle that you had to get over knowing that team hadn't lost a game all year? Um, I feel like we didn't have too much of a mental hurdle. It was more of like we lost them last year. Last season in state, they put us in the consolation bracket. Uh -huh. So it was like we want to get back at them for doing that. So we came into that game like ready to play and ready to give it our all because we didn't want to end up where we put them. Okay. Carly, tell me about just this group of girls, and I know a lot of you guys have been playing together for a while, and you're a young team. You only have a couple seniors, so next year <laughs> we're expecting maybe another one of these bad boys. We won't get too ahead of ourselves. But just tell me about this group and the camaraderie that you guys have. Um, we all just have fun, like, playing together, and um, we always just pick each other up in the dugout or on the field, and we just have fun together. I like that. And fun can lead to success. Yep. Once again, we do have the full team in the house celebrating this historic state championship. And as a North Valley's alum, I am exceptionally proud of you guys. Coach McCuskey, um, 
as we move forward, again, when does this finally make it to campus? Because you're going to hold on to it. <laughs> it, it, it's, it has been to campus. Okay. It, it marched in the parade. <laughs> um, it's going to join us tonight. We're celebrating with the North Valley's community. It's nice. kind of gone a little viral on us on Facebook, so I'm afraid we might overwhelm Longboard's Pizza tonight. Um, but it'll go back to campus a couple weeks maybe. I don't know. Hey, I mean, I've been there for it. 22 years. I've got time. Let's say hi to all the girls once again that were able to capture this incredible state championship for North Valley's <laughs> historic moments get you on Nevada Sportsnet. Um, anything else you want to add about just the team this year, Coach, and just what uh, you guys were able to accomplish? Like, as again, I think it's still probably setting in. You know, it is setting in. It's kind of a little surreal. Um, no, like these girls are, they're exceptional. Like, we don't use signs. We tried. It didn't work. Um, we were halfway <laughs> yeah. through an inning, and I'm like, all right, we're done with signs. Scrap Throw the cards them. away and just play your game. I, they make the decisions. They make the calls. Um, when they bunt, I'm just as surprised as the opposing team. <laughs> when they ran a pickoff play, and the umpire's like, do you guys practice that? And I'm like, I've never seen that. Um, <laughs> they talk amongst themselves. They're the ones who motivate themselves. It, it's really – they are they're exceptional players, and, and we're very lucky to have them at our school right now. Um, they've bonded together. They, they do. They pick each other up when people are down, and they are, are really amazing young ladies, and it's all them. I love it. Stacy. what can you say about playing for Coach McCuskey? I feel like there's a good relationship between him and all the girls. It's like you know if you ever need anything, you would always go to him on or off the field. Um, you just, he keeps everything very energetic. I mean, our outfielders came up with a one out and a two out dance and he would step out of the dugout and do it every <laughs> first out and like every that. second out. Like he just, he kept everything alive. When girls were down, he still had a good attitude the whole time and kept everybody in the games. I love that. And when I was talking to you coach after the win, you said the word vindication. Carly, do you feel like North Valley's maybe sometimes gets overlooked and this is a chance to kind of put you guys in the right light? Yeah, definitely. We definitely get overlooked like a lot and now that we've won it's like you can't really overlook well now, now. you're gonna have to look yeah. over a big old trophy yeah. to try and see the state champion panthers what a cool thing to say coach uh, i didn't want to admit this on air but do you remember when i was a senior and we came back from spring break and someone had egged your house and you had asked <laughs> you asked all of the students did you egg my house did you egg my house and you asked me and my best friend my partner in crime PJ Etcheverry and and we said no it wasn't us I need to tell you 15 years or so later that <laughs> I was born 15 I was I was lying coach and I egged your house when I was a senior <laughs> in high school so I'm sorry <laughs> I honestly thought offering extra credit would have gotten you sold out by one of your classmates. I'll be oh, truthful. Yeah, that's hey, it that's worked so out. Funny. <laughs> we kept that one. We kept that one pretty close to the vest. I hope that it I, all I cleaned up well. I still talked to PJ too, so yeah. uh, I that was fine. I had to let you know. I figured this was a proper venue. It is the state champion North Valley's Panthers, the queens of 3A softball. Way to go, girls! Celebrate responsibly and enjoy this hardware. What a heck of a season. Fun to cover you guys. Really appreciate you guys. We appreciate in. it. We appreciate the recognition. There's a lot of times where we're not 5A and we feel like uh, we're almost invisible. So it's yeah. this, this is vindication too. Yeah, we got you. Happy to have you here on NSN Daily. We're back right after this, celebrating the Panthers of North Valley's High School.
Back here on NSN Daily, we're joined now by a very special guest, San Francisco Giants legendary broadcaster Mike Kruko, joining us here as there is a big event happening in northern Nevada with Mr. Kruko himself here in a couple of weeks. Mike, it's great to see you. Shannon, thanks for having me, and thank you so much for your help. And I want to thank NSN Daily for all that you've done for us. So. Let's get started. Yeah, no, and, you know, just tell us uh, first before we get into the event with the Northern Nevada Children's Cancer Foundation, Take a Swing for Childhood Cancer is happening, but tell us how has the season gone so far? You know, you're doing about 120 games or so again this year. Well, it's been a really good story. I mean, uh, the Giants uh, kind of got off to a really slow start. And uh, they had to redefine themselves because they had a lot of new people in key positions and a lot of young players that uh, really were unproven. And uh, and coming into tonight's ball game, the first of uh, four with Milwaukee, they're one game under 500, and they're really on a hot streak. They've really been playing great baseball. So it's really been exciting to see the new the new players that uh, the Giants fans haven't seen until this year come through and put together the personality of this team. And we're really enjoying this team. That's awesome. Hopefully they can continue the hot streak then before the All-Star break, which is in a couple of months. But uh, back here in June with the Northern Nevada Children's Cancer Foundation, last year was the inaugural Take a Swing for Childhood Cancer event. And tell us just about, you know, the event. It was something that was actually started through the Giants. That's where the idea came about to bring this to Northern Nevada. Well, Shannon, when Buster Posey was here, he and his wife, Kristen, uh, got very involved with raising money for childhood cancer. And every year they would have an annual event at uh, the ballpark. And every year my partner, Dwayne Kuyper and I would be the MCs and we would host it. And uh, it was such an incredible evening and the people that we met and the, the children who were benefiting from the monies that were raised um, really became such a compelling story that we wanted to get involved. So we got involved and we came, I mean, we live in Reno and we wanted to find if, if there was a way to to raise money for children's cancer in Reno. And we found uh, NNCCF and it's been one of the greatest things we've ever been associated with. It's been so much fun. Uh, we first started with uh, a, a party at, at my wife, Jennifer, my house. And uh, and then we went to um, our friends, uh, uh, Carol and Bob, uh, you know, they, they, they were part of the board of NNCCF and we had it at their house. And it kind of morphed into, uh, let's do it at the ballpark and let's figure out a way to to have a, a gathering and, and raise some money for children's cancer. So we're centering it around a, a home run derby. We started it last year and uh, the theme, Take a Swing for, uh, a, for Childhood Cancer, kind of came out of it. And it's just been fantastic. It was so much fun last year. Um, and, uh, you know, we have a lot of local talent here that nobody really knows. There's a lot of guys and, and women as well that can hit and they're going to be hitting in the home run derby contest uh this year and uh and we hope to have a big uh um gathering again it's just it, it so much gets done on this evening it's such a huge part of uh of being able to fund in nccf this uh this event and others like it raise money to directly affect the fight against children's cancer just how rewarding was it to see you know how much of a success this event was after the fact last year and to think, hey, you know, we can make this even bigger, even better this year and in years to come to help benefit these families. Well, it was overwhelming. And uh, we just kind of 
winged it last year. We, we had a lot of ideas, but we didn't know how they would be received. We didn't know how they would work. And, uh, you know, we've kind of fine-tuned it coming to this year. But the unique thing about NNCCF, they're not like other um, cancer organizations. Every organization is worthy, of course, because the fight is so, so extensive. But as you know, when a child gets diagnosed with cancer, the whole family gets diagnosed with cancer. And a lot of times, a lot of families aren't aren't capable of financially fighting cancer, and they need help. And that's when NNCCF steps in. I mean, we have we have 135 families now that we're helping, and we have you know single parents that uh, you know have two children, one with cancer. Um, on days when that child has to have her, uh, his or her chemotherapy, um, we'll go in and we'll babysit the other child. Um, NNCCF will come in there and they'll sterilize the bathrooms and uh, they'll, they'll load the refrigerator. Um, they'll assist with the travel to and from. Um, there's just such an incredible support team for these families who are undergoing the stress of having to deal with the battle of cancer. I mean, there's been instances where children who have been taking uh, chemotherapy, uh, their immune system is compromised. They, they're children. They want to go to a show. They want to see a movie. And then CCF has gone out and they have they have rented out the entire movie theater so that this child can go have the experience of going to a movie. So it, it really is a mom and pop type charity. But the way that they help families, um, both with the financial ends of the fight, as well as the uh, the emotional support as uh, as they as they go about fighting cancer. And then when that glorious day comes, when that child says that I'm no longer I no longer have cancer. I'm cancer free. And we ring the bell that there's no more treatment that they have to take. It's, uh, it's such a rewarding uh, experience being associated with it and seeing what these people do. So this take a, a swing for cancer night uh, is, is, is a big deal. And, uh, and the people that come and, and donate and are a part of it, you'll experience the emotion of, uh, of what I'm talking about. How difficult was it to see your partner, Dwayne Kuyper, you know, come down with cancer after you became so involved with this organization and to help, you know, support this cause? You know, I mean, cancer affects everybody. I think one of the most uh, emotional nights of baseball is when they have stand-up cancer night. And they give everybody in the stadium that's filled with people. And sometimes the crowd can be up to around 50,000 people. Um, and they have a placard. And on that placard, they'll hold up and they'll have the person that they remember that had fought cancer or succumbed to cancer. And it is an incredibly silent, moving, emotional thing. And, and for me, it became more real when my partner, my beloved partner who I've been with since 1982, um, became involved with the fight against cancer last year. And he's doing really well. And, uh, you know, he's back to work and we're back to broadcasting games together. And, uh, but it's just, you know, if it wasn't for the research, if it wasn't for the money that was donated for the cancer organizations to fight to, and, and it, I mean, only 4% of the, of the donated dollar gets to the children. Um, so, you know, we have found a way to be able to make a little bit of a difference here. And, and uh, but it takes the community. I mean, they always say it takes a, a village to raise the children. Well, it takes a, a village to, to help a file a child fight against cancer. And uh, this is what we'll be doing when we take a swing against cancer. Well, it should be a great night over at the ballpark. It's June 13th, starts at 530. You can find 
all the details out nnccf.com but my guys so are you going to come and take a couple swings I mean, I think I might have to. I might have to break out my old softball bat. I think I'm, I might have to. <laughs> I heard you hit, so you hit one out. I'll tell you what, you hit one out, I'll buy you dinner for a month. Hey, I, I'm going to hold you to that, Mike. I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> you were a pitcher, though. You pitched for more than a decade in the major leagues. I have to ask you this year, what's the adjustment been like for you and your partner dealing with the pitch clock? Well, it's really funny because, uh, you know, we played in the 70s and the 80s. And uh, back then, the, the pace of game was pretty quick. But we just recently released a graph that uh, Major League Baseball sent all of us. And they had a graph starting in the 1950s, the decade of the 50s. And it was here. Then they went to the decade of the 60s, and it raised a little bit more. Then the 70s, and then the 80s. When it got to the 90s, it jumped way up. And then the 2000s and the 2010s, it just got bizarre. And last year, the average game was three hours and six minutes. Well, the average game now is two hours and 36 minutes. It's actually faster than the decade of the 1950s. So the new rule change has really been a positive impact on the game. People are, are enjoying the game more. They're not being bored. And, you know, if you're sitting there watching TV and you look into the stands, you know, we've we became so accustomed to seeing people looking down and and into their phones because they got bored with what was on the field. Well, now they picked up the pace of the game. The game is faster than it's ever been, and uh, and people are back into it. So we're really excited what the rules have done in baseball. In my mind, has been better now than it has been in decades. It's crazy to think now you have to get in the seats before the first pitch if you want to get your money's worth at a game because they are so much quicker. Oh, they really are. And, uh, but, you know, baseball should be quicker. It, it's a game based on rhythm. And the slower the rhythm, the harder it is to play the game. And now that the rhythm of the game has come back to similar to the, to the, the time that we played when I was playing in the, in the 70s and the 80s, it, uh, it, it just people are enjoying it so much more. But you're right. Get there early. And if you're going to get something to eat, do it before the first pitch. Well, it should be a great night over at Greater Nevada Field, June 13th. It all starts at 5.30 in the evening. And looking forward to hearing more of your stories, Mike, come that night. Well, we'll have a lot of stories, and uh, we hope they will all entertain. And Shannon, again, thank you for all your help. And we'll see you out there. Bring your spikes. Hey, I will. I certainly will. You can find this full interview over on our website and learn how to sign up over on NevadaSportsNet.com. Mike Kruko, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Shannon. We'll have much more of NSN Daily right after this short break. Welcome back to NSN Daily. Chris and Mike with you on a Thursday. It was a transitional type of year for the Nevada baseball team. The Wolfpack finishing 20-33 and 33 overall under first-year head coach Jake McKinley. 10-20 and 20 within the Mountain West, but still the Pack landing a pair of players on the all-conference teams. Chris, starting with the only returning starter in the field from last year, catcher Matt Clayton. He finished his career strong as a second-teamer. Yeah, this is his best season at Nevada. He had 309, 10 home runs, 38 RBI, a fifth-year senior, started all five of those years. Like you said, the only holdover among position players. So he went out with a very strong season. Unfortunately, Nevada didn't have a great yeah. season, but I know Nevada means a lot to him, and to be able to finish out his career here meant a lot to him as well. 
Shannon Kelly did a feature recently with Matt Clayton. You can see that at NevadaSportsNet.com. Joining him on the second team, the Pac's third baseman, Jesse Pierce, just one season with the silver and blue, and it was a strong one for the Las Vegas game. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, 318, 11 home runs, 41 runs scored. Those are all team highs. He is a senior, but he has a, an additional senior season, so began his career at Arkansas. Las Vegas native. I know Nevada is really high in what Jesse Pierce can do for this team next year. That'll be nice to have him back there at the hot corner. All right, the story for Nevada's other diamond team, much different. A heck of a season for the Wolfpack softball squad, which won 30 games for the first time since 2017. Speaking of 17, that's how many wins the Silver and Blue had last season, the first under head coach Linda Garza. This program clearly on the up and up, making a bunch of noise as the sixth and final seed at the Mountain West Tournament, Chris Garza earlier this year saying Nevada's a softball school. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little more work to be done for that claim. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, they may, took a huge step forward. I think Nevada softball had a hugely successful season. As you mentioned, going from those 13 wins up to the, or 17 wins up to those 31 wins. Uh, they go 10 and 12 in the Mountain West, finished tied for fifth in the conference. They're actually picked to finish tied for fifth in that preseason poll. It was kind of the tale of two cities seasons. They start yeah. 19 and two, and then they end 12 and 17. So kind of ran out of gas as they got to Mountain West play and the schedule tightened up, but they are on the conference championship trajectory. I mean, year one was a rebuild, year two a big step forward. And now the key is, can they take another big step forward in year three and potentially compete for a championship? You saw in that Mountain West, Mountain West tournament, they were very, very close. They competed really well really with San did. Diego State and Boise State. San Diego State currently playing in the Sweet 16 in a Super Regional. So a lot to be proud of for Nevada softball this season. And as you said, pretty much everybody coming back next year, as well as a whole new recruiting class for Linda Garza's squad. So the expectations should stay high. With that said, the 23 Wolfpack softball team, what's the grade going to be? I'm giving them a B minus. I think, you know, you might say that's a little bit harsh, but I mean, they were below 500 in conference play. And you look at the schedule, you dig into it. It was a very weak schedule. They played only eight top 100 RPI teams, went three and five in those games. They played uh, a ton of sub 175 RPI games. Uh, 17 and 6 there. So I think they need to upgrade the non-conference schedule a little bit. They were 119th in RPI across the entire country. So certainly a passing grade. And like I said, a very successful season for Nevada. And now the expectation is next year they're playing for an A. They're playing for championships. Exactly. Yeah. Room to grow that grade. All right. Next on Daily, the Wolfpack's 22-23 sports season. Actually not quite done yet. There's half a dozen Wolves at this week's NCAA track and field preliminaries. We'll set the table for that right after this. Wrapping things up with some track and field talk, Nevada well represented at the NCAA West Preliminaries just over the hill in Sacramento. Six athletes in total, four on the track, two in the field. We have Emily Costello, Halen Senegal, Carolyn Ross, and Elise Calma. Raven Neely and Cameron Dolcini all vying to keep their seasons going to the NCAA Yeah, Championships. they finished top 12. They get to go to the NCAA Championships. So 24 make it, 12 from this regional, 12 from the East Regional. That will be held in Austin, Texas. I would say the most likely to advance would be Halen Senegal in the 800 meters. She's currently 14th in the field. So she's probably going to have to run a personal best, but she can do it uh, realistically. And then Emily Costello, a fifth-year senior, 22nd in the 200. And that relay team is pretty strong as well. Yeah, they are. Four of these in the four by 400 relay they're currently 18th in the field so competition starts today saturday we will know who advances and good luck to those wolves as you said as they try and get uh, to the national championship half a dozen of them will of course keep you updated here on nevada sports net let's do it again tomorrow friends shall we see you then